I'm Bishop Gilmore, the spiritual director of Grace That Reigns, and I'm here today with Jacqueline Lowe, the founder of that retreat ministry. Hello, friends. The sands in the Lenten hourglass are fast running down now, and we are closer to the beginning of Holy Week. In being closer to this beginning, we are also closer to the beginning of the church and of our own personal parts in the unfolding of the church. All this is a fascinating story in itself. We would like to take you today into that story by sharing with you another beginning, the beginning of Grace That Reigns. Something life-changing happened to Jacqueline when she was 14 years old. She has been reluctant to share this over the years because it is so close to her heart, so dear to her, so precious to her. But she does now think she would like to share some elements of that story with you. So, Jacqueline... Could you describe the setting for us so that we could understand the story? You were 14 years old. Where were you? What were you doing? What were you thinking? What were you feeling? And what was this thing that happened to you? Greetings, Bishop, and greetings, friends. I wanted to share the story today because it is really about the passion and death of Christ. So I was a freshman in grade 9 in a public school, and prior to that, I attended a Catholic school from grade kindergarten to 8, and the school was called Pius XII. But in this new school, I missed listening to people speak about their faith and singing those hymns that I used to enjoy when I was a kid. So... What I did was I joined a youth group at my local church, and when an opportunity for a Lenten retreat came up, I took it. Besides learning about my faith, my ultimate desire was to make new friends. I was like everyone else. It was just part of the Lenten experience. And then what happened when you went to the retreat? So then the pastor said everyone should be signing up for confession, and he would call us one by one, so that we could go to confession with him. So like everybody else, I signed up and I knew that um, it wouldn't take that long because basically what could a 14-year-old person be confessing? Then my name was called and so I was excited. I went to this little room. It was a room maybe 12 by 15 and in a little corner uh, there was my pastor. I saw Father Peter Moore. I remember feeling comfortable with Father Peter because he was a, a little awkward, and so was I. And so I felt like with the both of us being a little awkward in our personality, that I could just sit down and just tell him my sins. Basically, I felt comfortable with him. But this time, something different happened in confession. All of a sudden, when I walked in, I didn't see him anymore. There was this bright light that shone and enveloped the room. And 
in this bright light that enveloped the room, uh, I just felt a great sense of love around me, surrounding me. And I can only describe this as something that was so peaceful but so bright that um, when I looked at it, it didn't hurt my eyes. It felt like a thousand incandescent light bulbs shining in my face. But mm -hmm. my retinas didn't seem hurt at all. But I just felt like this was extraordinary. I mm -hmm. couldn't see the priest anymore. I just felt like, where was I? You're kind of captivated by the light? Yeah, and I was filled with a great sense of peace at the time. You know, uh, I wasn't fooling around. I wasn't thinking about my sins anymore. I wasn't thinking about well, what to say to Father Peter. I just felt like being quiet, and I felt like I was in a place of awe and like I should take my sandals off for some reason. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so that feeling and that, that light, it drew me. Okay. Mm -hmm. And what happened? What happened then? And then I felt the light, um, like coming closer to me, or me coming, going closer to the light. And then all of a sudden, from within this light came an image. It wasn't like an image that I could imagine. It just, I didn't imagine this image. Mm -hmm. The image that came up was sort of, I would say, from my interior, like something that came from within, from outside of me, yet within me, all at the right, same time. Right. Okay. And what it was was the passion of Christ. And the image was a very peaceful scene of Jesus who had just died. His head was laying on his shoulder, on his left-hand shoulder, and there was a dark sky and a storm behind him. And below his feet, there were three women who were weeping, and it was raining. I never felt a sense of being afraid. I also remember that the cross was big. And I remember that in my head thinking, wow, it almost filled the room. And all around me still, there was that bright white light. Mm -hmm. That's what I saw. So it was a passage from the light that filled the room mm -hmm. into the image right. of... Christ on the cross. Right. And anything more about that? Um, <clears throat> I just remember feeling a sense of floating in it at the same time. Mm -hmm. I felt the sense of, even when I saw this image and I saw the Lord hanging on the cross, I felt that... Um, I felt that I wasn't being judged at the same time. Like I, I meant like being in the presence of the Lord in that image and in the light. I felt like the Lord that that I was there, that I should that I was intruding in this space. Mm -hmm. But I felt like the Lord wasn't judging me, like no one was judging me. It was still peaceful. You you alluded to taking the sandals off on holy ground before the burning bush. Did you have a sense of great unworthiness being present with the light and the image? Um, in a sense, I did feel unworthy. Can you describe that? Felt like <clears throat> like intruding. But at the same time, like I was seeing something that I shouldn't be seeing, but I was seeing something that was so holy, sh so holy 
but that I should be seeing all at the same time. Okay. okay. It was like a sense and a revelation that this was true and that the Lord needed to show me this for his specific reason hmm. and that my my own heart was able to take it in because it needed to. It needed to know something about this scene that was significant and would be significant in what we were growing later on at Grace That Reigns. Okay. Was there anything about it that described why Jesus died for you? Yeah. After the image was shown to me of the passion, uh, I felt a deep understanding and a deep love of a parent to um, how a parent feels when a child dies. Mm -hmm. and, and then I felt a real conscious love between a father and a son mm -hmm. or a mother. Well, not really a mother. It wasn't feminine. I didn't feel yeah. feminine, right. nurturing. Okay. It felt like father. And I remember the Lord saying, well, I would say God saying to me, um, this is my son, and I loved him God, so much. God the Father. God the Father. Right. I, I, was, okay. I was thinking in my little 14-year-old mind, this feels like God the Father. Right. So I felt that he was saying, this is my son. Um, he wanted to show me a son because he was trying to teach me about the sacrifice mm -hmm. and how he loved his son so much that he was willing to hand over his son for us. And then all of a sudden, the scene of the passion disappeared. And then there was another vision of God holding a globe. He looked at that globe with such loving eyes that I can remember that so deeply. And then he looked at all the people in the globe, and he showed me the people within the globe. And it was us, people in the globe, doing shopping, walking in the park, talking to each other, families running around. And just doing the normal things that we do each day. I couldn't imagine that I was privileged to see this image as a person standing from the outside looking in. Mm -hmm. I okay. felt like I was in outer space from looking in. That's how I would describe it. And the father just said, I think, you know, saying it's the father, that I love all these people in this world. And he was imparting that knowledge very clearly. And then I saw him look over again, and he showed me his son again in another image. And, and he said, um, I'm offering my son for all the people here in this world. Mm -hmm. okay. And that was amazing. Did, did you hear, Jacqueline, help me with this. Did you hear a voice the way you're hearing my voice now? Or was it more of an inner voice when the Lord would speak to you? Well, Bishop, that's a good question. It felt like like both, I think. It felt like an interior voice that was coming from the exterior, but I knew that I couldn't hear it from my physical ears. I knew, though, that it was coming into my heart and it was being revealed in words. So it's like an interior communication. So he made plain to you his love for the people inhabiting this globe, this mm -hmm. earth. Right. Did he make plain in a particular way his love for you in individually? Um, well, when I was in front of him, I just felt like I was the most important person in the whole world. Okay. 
So yes, I plainly felt like I was really, really a valued person, and that I felt special. Right. Okay. And that's that's really what he normally does when yeah. he when he loves us. You know, we are the most important person in the world. We're the only person in the world sometimes. I think I felt like I was his pearl then of great price. price. Yeah. And I thought, geez, you know, if he's going to let the Lord, his son, die for me. Who am I? I was only 14. Right. right. And, you know, it's what have I done? Overwhelming. Yeah. Yeah. That was an overwhelming feeling that that's why it's very hard to explain this because when you have something like this happen and you know it's real and you know it it captivates captivates your spirit it's hard to speak about these things right it's hard to put words to something like this that happens i think mm. so i was really overwhelmed by that and sure. and then he showed me his mercy and yeah. he told me he showed me more about what mercy looks like and and he said that um I want to just forgive you. I want to forgive all my friends, all my, the people on the planet when I give them the bright light, which is my son. Mm-hmm. And, and I think in that way, I remembered him showing me how to forgive, like, like how to forgive my family or how to forgive mm-hmm. my friends mm-hmm. and extend the mercy that was given, shown by him to all of humanity so that we can start to um, atone and to sacrifice for each other mm-hmm. and to show mercy for towards each other. Mm-hmm. That was also powerful. So you had you, your little 14-year-old mind made the connection between the father speaking of the sacrifice of his son mm-hmm. and the sacrifices you need to make yeah. in order to respond. Right. Okay. Right. I think at that moment I thought how little I am and how great he is to even stand here and be present before me. And I thought how humbled, I felt humbled. Mm -hmm. I felt um, like truly there is a God. There's someone bigger than me. And I think in that moment, God really became real for me. Came alive. Yes, that's right, Bishop. He became alive. You had seen... um, Pictures, had you not, holy cards, pictures mm-hmm. of the passion, you'd seen all those things. Right. And all of a sudden, this was got a jolt of electricity in them. They became alive. Yeah, it did, because all of a sudden, those pictures that really, I mean, I looked at them when you were a kid, you know, they're your bookmarks mm-hmm. or pictures on the wall. But right. in this, you know, having the Lord speak to you like that, it doesn't just hit you visually, but it it hits you in the heart where it counts. Mm-hmm. It hits you and it stays there and you never will forget that. And um, I never forgot that, yeah. that incident. Yeah. And I just okay. remember being graced. Being graced, okay. Mm-hmm. What, can you describe what happened to you? Can you remember feeling graced, being graced? Mm-hmm. What, what happened What happened, what happened uh, when the light came, the passion came, the mercy, all those things you've talked about. Mm-hmm. Well, what was Father doing all this while these things were happening? I don't know. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> and that is the most amazing thing about this. 
when the image subsided, when the Lord finally told me, uh, finally that He loved me, mm-hmm. I don't remember even s- receiving absolution. Absolution. Yeah. I just remember you, you, being you did. There. I'm quite sure you did. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or else this wouldn't have happened, maybe. Yeah, yeah. But I was there, and and I know that Father didn't move because he was still sitting in that chair. But he said to me later, because I asked him, how long was I in confession? And he said, oh, it's only a few minutes. That seemed like an hour for yeah. me. It it's was all an incredibly slow motion yes. thing for you. Yeah, Yeah, right. it, okay. I, I felt like I was there forever. Yeah. But when I came out, I knew that I would never be the same person ever again. Yeah. I knew that my heart had changed, that I had encountered the risen Lord. Like I had risen, I had encountered God. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, that when was amazing. You told me the story before, another story before. You know that St. Ignatius of Loyola, we've talked about him many times, mm-hmm. he was the world's greatest crier. <laughs> he was, if he didn't cry during Mass, he would say, think something was wrong with him. Correct. Okay? Now, I know <laughs> you are not the world's greatest crier. <laughs> did, yes. did, you, did tears enter into this? Uh, yes. Uh, I, I would say embarrassingly, yes, but I remember at the end of all of this, when I walked out of that room, I was in tears because I realized, first of all, how, how much I was loved. Second of all, how much God was uh, really um, sacrificing of his son, how much he loved all, everyone. Mm-hmm. And then the, just the sheer wonder of being in front of God and experiencing this beautiful love that um, was more than anything that I've ever experienced in my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. I felt humble. And then I cried because I thought, Wow, I'm not alone. Did you, did you cry real yeah. tears? I was so crying. I was running out of that room because I was so embarrassed. Were you sobbing or anything? I was sobbing and I was embarrassed. Okay. Yeah. And then I ran to my room and my sister said, why are you crying? And I couldn't tell her uh-huh. and I couldn't tell anyone because everyone then was looking in the window because they were all on the rooftop looking in. And I was embarrassed because I, I knew something beautiful had happened, but I couldn't explain it and I knew it was for me. Mm-hmm. And so... I remember that event so clearly, and no one would have understood what had happened. So it was a a delicate and beautiful secret. Sure, sure. Mm -hmm. And it's no wonder that you would would keep that close to your heart and be reluctant to talk about it. Mm -hmm. That makes perfect sense. Uh, You mentioned the word beautiful. In the light, can you, you know, when light comes upon us, Mm-hmm. You talked to me one time about the prism and the the various colors involved. Yeah. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, I felt like I could see this bright white light, but, you know, there are all these colors that are underneath, that form the spectrum, like mm-hmm. all those rainbow, country, rainbow colors. Right. And they shine so brightly also, but you need... You know, like on Earth here, we need glass or crystal to allow the light to reflect all the different colors. I felt all those colors being absorbed into my soul somehow uh, as graces. And I know that I couldn't identify them, but I know that I received grace right. upon grace. Right. 
although I couldn't see them. I didn't know right. what they were. Well, you, you've come to know that more later. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was a, a joyful yeah. experience, joyful and disorienting all at the same time. Yeah, I understand that. It would be. And I'm struck by the simple fact that this happened in the setting of confession, mm-hmm. the sacrament of penance. Right. And the Lord came upon you so uh, strikingly, so overwhelmingly, that the setting itself disappeared. The room disappeared. The priest disappeared. Mm-hmm. And no. you, you were just taken up into the Lord at that time. Yeah. You feel like there's no boundary. There's no right. physical boundary around you Between, anymore. Yeah. 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 That was neat. Okay. And that's not an uncommon thing to happen with the sacraments of the church. Mm-hmm. You know, that can happen to people sometimes when they're at Mass and they're listening to their readings. Something can strike them and the boundaries are gone. Yeah, you know, that's they're, true. They're kind of struck by this, this word they've received. Mm-hmm. can happen at the, the moments of conse- consecration. can happen at moments of communion. Uh, that's a little bit the way the sacraments work. They're, they're physical signs. Mm-hmm. True. We're, we're human beings, body and soul. They're physical signs, but, but they, they, the signs tend to give way to mm-hmm. this, this flow of grace, which you've described so well. Mm-hmm. That makes sense to you? Yeah, and that's why I always encourage people who come for one-to-one prayer to go to the confession, mm-hmm. because I know now how powerful and alive that is, and I know that the priest does his work, and when he gives you absolution, it really is Jesus who is doing that. And so you receive this grace that is so fulfilling, so immediate. You know, we're all right. looking for the, right. everything now, and that is the most immediate thing you can receive. Right. Yeah. And it's so powerful. It will. It does cleanse you. It does heal you. It does, yeah. It does that. You, of course, at 14 years old, you were, you were the Mary Magdalene of sinners. <laughs> uh, you, <laughs> you had, you had uh, tried all the sins there were and invented a few of your own. <laughs> Uh, I was but, good at but that. I, I was struck because you you uh, you talked about uh, you know holy ground and and that that sense of uh, I guess the great purity of the Lord mm-hmm. as opposed to what you were feeling about yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, True. You, you almost you you didn't want to touch this. Light. You didn't want to breathe on this light. No. Did that make sense? What I found in this experience was that when the Lord was shining his brilliance on me, he was so white that I felt like I needed to turn my head. And right. it, it was sort of like a, a kind of a shame at the same time mm-hmm. because first he made me mm-hmm. and he's talking to me. And who was I? I was just one of his little tiny creatures. I also recognized in my heart that I didn't want to contaminate him. However old I was, I was 14, and I felt, you know, I was just a child, that if I, even if I breathed on him, it would be like tainting him with my breath, and my breath uh-huh. would grow and uh-huh. like fog and make him all dirty and okay. dark. Yeah. And, and I didn't want to do that because I knew I was standing in, in, you, in you the had, presence. You had kind of a sense that sin 
had already entered myself. Yeah, and you, mm-hmm. you didn't want to contaminate the yeah. beauty of the Lord. That is the word, like, contaminate. Yeah, yeah. And I knew Beautiful. that even if I was, you know, as a kid, you lie, you, you do little things. Yeah. But even those little things had far-reaching, creeping vine, vines that right. would 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 uh, poison yeah, this right, effect, right. poison the Lord. And so I knew then also what sin does to the body. Mm-hmm. But I also learned at that same point that even if I had sinned, and uh, I didn't want to touch him, but I felt very strongly that he wasn't judging me and that I was judging myself. Right, exactly right. Like exactly I was right. saying, oh, I can't touch him because I did this. I already knew what I had sinned, Yeah. what my sins and were. And you were already sorry for that. Right, yeah. and it yeah. wasn't him saying, Jacqueline, you know, you you did this and you say, did ah, that. Ah, yeah. I cut you, none no. of that. It wasn't mm-hmm. like Santa Claus, you know, he yeah. knows who's naughty and nice. Yeah. No, yeah. that was a greater... Uh, awakening for me because mm-hmm. I always thought that he would come to me and tell me all my sins but in fact it was the other way around I was the one who was saying I don't want to touch you I want to go to purgatory when I grew up so that when I get really cleansed then I can feel worthy to touch you right. and that was in at yeah. 14 who who understands yeah. that yet it's extraordinary to me you, you explain that so well. You describe so well what happened to you. And it contains so much richness of meaning mm-hmm. that you'd be able to say what you just said. The Lord didn't say, aha, I cut you <laughs> here, 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 and here, and he's judging you. Right. You were the one judging yourself in his presence because right. he is holiness. Right. And sinners are not. Yeah, right. that, That's extraordinary, yeah. Yeah, that's a great thing, Jacqueline. Great, great thing. The you you told me before that um, you were fourteen here this episode, mm-hmm. but it's related in my mind to something you told me before when you were about fourth grade. Oh yeah, great fourth grade, maybe about seven or eight years old, maybe. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. can you tell me that story? Because it did. It, it it's kind of, in some sense, it's kind of the beginning of this story, the <laughs> yeah. one you've just told me. It's funny because when I look back at all the experiences I've had, I now realize that they're all related. And, and that's how Grace That Reigns grew mm-hmm. from all these experiences that I've had and have been reluctant to tell people. You know, I have tears right now because touching it, you know, with, uh, with words, mm-hmm. It makes it smaller than it actually is. Yes, it does. So, it does, yeah. so when I was eight years old, my first experience of of God, you know, I was in a Catholic school, mm-hmm. and I used to do arts and crafts. It's you know my mm-hmm. teacher, mm-hmm. and she asked us to create a small little banner that had a scripture, our favorite scripture in it, okay. and and cut out little felt letters and put that on a banner, and mine was red and pink because I liked red and pink, and I picked God is love. Why did you pick that? Well, first of all, I was saying that it only has three letters, three words, <laughs> God is love. And I was the laziest kid. I could tell you that for sure. So God is love was easy. So, so you, were, you, were, you were not at that moment overwhelmed by God being love. No. You were looking for the shortest your passage you could find. Okay, right. I got that. Tell me more about it. What happened? Well, so I, I, I printed a banner, and I, I got it done. 
and I there was a parent teacher night, and uh, the parents were invited to speak to the teacher about our little banners, and then my teacher, who her, I I don't want to tell her what her name was, she she said, "Yep, Jacqueline made a banner. It's very simple. God is love, and it was maybe uh, twelve by twelve. That's how small it was. It was the smallest one in the whole class." Mm-hmm. And she said um, to my parents, "What do you think?" And they said, "Yes, it's true. You know, God is love." Mm-hmm. But then, all of a sudden, the teacher said, "Oh, Miss Blah 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 is love. We should, we should." Her name, she yeah, like Miss Mary, Miss Jones. Miss Mi- Jones. Miss Jones is love. Right. She, you should put a foot down. Miss Jones is love. And I remember being affected by that. And I called her out and I said, <laughs> "No, Miss Jones is not love. God is love." <laughs> And we all kind of jumped back, and my parents jumped back, and she jumped back, and everyone went, Eyes uh, uh, grew wide and mouths opened. Yes. <laughs> In truth, my parents were horrified. <laughs> it was one of those, uh-huh, kind of moments. And then... Um, what, what, when you said that, no, God is love, what, what did that mean to you? It was powerful then. But what did, why, why? I don't know. Okay. I think when it came to me, it was just a moment of reconcil- reconciling. No, the truth is, God is love, recognition, yeah. and you can't, you can't joke about this. That's what I was thinking in my little heart then. God is love in your little mind then was so much greater than Miss Jones being love. You know, I'm, I'm sure yeah. she was a lovable person. <laughs> <laughs> she had love in her, but you, no, no, for you... Love was God. Right. Okay. That, that's the purity of yeah. what the child yeah, yeah, thinks. Yeah, the same as the light in the second, right. first story. Yeah. So this is how it, it became. It God was love, and that was the <laughs> you truth. You stamped your little foot and, and said no. Yeah, and I couldn't believe I did that at the teacher conference, too. I, I was if, shocked if, at if, it. If people at home knew you as a, as a <laughs> shy little eight-year-old, <laughs> I can't believe you did that either. Yeah, yeah I can't because I know you. <laughs> Well, when I believe in this, and and I, I feel that I was inspired at that very moment, yeah. um, because I, I had to speak the truth, and that was the truth. And when she said that and replaced it with something more frivolous than something that was true, yeah. I had to call her out for it. Yeah. yeah. So that's what happened. The, 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 the purity of the light you, you saw and the, the reaction that made left in you and the purity of the love of that banner, which you made because you wanted the shortest of all possible verses, <laughs> that that very insignificant thing morphed into your stamping your foot and calling her out. That's mm-hmm. extraordinary. Yeah, I think it's the first time, Bishop, that I've really been thought about and speaking about all of this to you in right. one go. Right. And it all joins now that I see it. Does, it and, yeah, you know, it does. The second point when I was 14, I am love. You yeah. know, God is love. And there was one more thing I wanted to mention when I was 14. Mm-hmm. He helped me to recognize the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That, it, it's amazing because that happens over and over again, Jacqueline, with, in the history of spirituality. Mm-hmm. When, when the saints reach a certain point, the Trinity becomes extraordinarily important to them. Mm-hmm. 
it's it's the end point. And it's simple to understand. Uh, God is love. That means he's not an I, he's a we. Right, you know, right. There, there, God loves and and the son is generated, mm-hmm. you know, born. Mm-hmm. Uh, the father and the son love one another mutually mm-hmm. and their love for one another becomes the spirit of God. Right. The, the love that binds the, the three together. And the Spirit of God wants yeah. to help us so very much exactly to so. come closer to the exactly Father and so. the Son. That's, that's all what he's all about. The Spirit is the glue mm-hmm. that holds people together. And that's why he is so powerful during this ministry when I speak to people and pray with people. Because mm-hmm. he is the glue. He brings people forth. He helps yeah. them, captivates yeah. them, and yeah. moves them so that they can, who those who are broken, will be glued back together to come back to the Father and to... Well, thank you, Jacqueline, very much for sharing the story with us. I know it's close to you. It's hard to speak about, uh, but you you did a a fine job, I think, this this evening, this afternoon, talking about this. And uh, we give uh, the listeners that story of um, your beginning in this ministry and how the Lord touched you. We give them that story in the hope that as Holy Week comes now, mm-hmm. and even in this, this very difficult time when we can't have the regular services we normally do, right? You, you hope that gives them a chance to, to open themselves to this light mm-hmm. that you suddenly saw in right. the context of confession. And the reality of the passion. Yeah. And reality the reality of the passion, mm-hmm. the reality of the Trinity. Our life with God is exactly the same life that Jesus shared with his Father. Mm-hmm. And it's effected through his Spirit. And so we're all called to yield to that light, mm-hmm. to abandon ourselves to that light. And I think with what you've told us today, you have helped us move forward, and we hope can do that in this coming Holy Week. So thank you very much, Jacqueline. Thank you to Bishop Gilmore, and thank you all for taking the time to listen. Please visit us at www.gracethatreigns.com. Please visit us.